Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. At CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, and one of the big storylines here, I mean, don't get me wrong, Trump is the biggest storyline here. Ron DeSantis, biggest storyline here. But of course, China is a huge conversation piece. And then there is the border and what's going on at the border and whether or not Biden is guilty for what's happening at the border. And then there's the conversation of Alejandro Mayorkas, the Secretary of Homeland Security, where you already know there are members of the Republican Party who want to impeach him. I caught up with Hans von Spakovsky, which is, well, at that with that name, you have to be an intellectual, uh, by rule. He's from the Heritage Foundation, and he has broken down the case, in, in his view, regarding why it is that Secretary Mayorkas should be impeached. Listen, immigration is a front and center subject here. CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, it is a big part of the conversation. You take a look at what's going on on the border. You take a look at the number of crossings at the border, the all-time highs that we're seeing, and then, of course, the fentanyl conversation which should be a nonpartisan issue or a bipartisan issue depending on how you look at the thing everyone should be committed to putting an end to this and yet we continue to have the same problems that we always had guys let me bring in Hans von Spakovsky S-P-A-K-O-V-S-K-Y that is his name he serves uh, as not only an authority on a bunch of issues including civil rights civil justice and the first amendment he is the manager for election law reform initiative and senior legal fellow for legal and judicial studies at the Heritage Foundation writes often about immigration his latest impeaching Mayorkas is a must we're talking about uh, the Secretary of Homeland Security Alejandro Mayorkas make the case make the case that he should be impeached for what's happening at the border First of all, Tony, it's nice to see you in person. Yeah, rather, good to see you. Rather than on the phone. Um, look, impeachment is not supposed to be used if you just have a different view of policies. But that's not the situation here. We have never had a cabinet official who came in believing that they were like an imperial king who could simply waive the law, who, could, who would direct the people who work for him to violate the law. And he's been doing that. Uh, since he got into office. That's why we've had this record surge of illegal aliens crossing the border, and uh, he's, he's directly violating the law. For example, right. he, he's been giving mass parole to all of these illegal aliens coming in. He can't do that. The, the federal immigration law doesn't allow you to do that. So he has broken his oath. He has vi actually violated the law, and uh, he's lied to the American people, actually lied to Congress under oath when he has talked about the border. All of those are uh, reasons for him to be impeached. Give me uh, an idea of what you mean by this, this mass parole. How does it work? How does it play out? And what is the argument given when someone like yourself says, whoa, whoa, you don't have the authority to do that? Federal immigration law is, is very specific. I mean, it's detail. Congress has put in uh, who's allowed in the United States, uh, who has to be detained if they come illegally into the United States. Uh, he has violated all those rules. I mean, I'll give you one, one very specific example. Um, there's a federal statute that has a whole long list of crimes 
very specific crimes. And if an alien has committed any of those crimes, uh, they are inadmissible. Right. If they find them in the U.S., they have to be immediately deported. That is, that statute it couldn't be clearer. It's not ambiguous. He issued a memo <laughs> to uh, the Department of Homeland Security, the Border Patrol, saying, well, we're just not going to pay attention to that statute. The only people we're going to deport are people who have com committed, and he basically selected certain crimes out of this long list and said, only these people and under only certain circumstances will we, we throw them out of the country. Is and this he the can't same, do that. Is this the same as when you see prosecutors saying, as you see them in cities across the country, uh, we're not going to prosecute for this. We're not going to go after this crime. We're going to look at this crime, but we're not going to touch this crime. Is, it, is, is the selectiveness not within the secretary's purview? N no, because what you're talking about is prosecutorial discretion. Right. And what prosecutorial discretion means is that um, a prosecutor has the right to look at an individual case and decide that the facts don't warrant prosecuting that case. But he does not have the power to say, oh, this particular law, we're just not going to enforce it at all. Because he's part of the executive branch. It's the legislature, in this, in, in this case Congress, they're the ones that set the law, and a prosecutor doesn't have the ability to simply waive that law. Yeah, the kings of England had that right. ability, but not American prosecutors, not, not cabinet officials either. Talking to Hans von Spakovsky, uh, manager of the Election Law Reform Initiative and uh, part of the Edwin Meese Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. Before I, I let you go, as we discuss immigration, it's a big, it's a big conversation here at CPAC. I mean, it's going to yeah. be one of the major topics that we hear about and hear from speakers uh, all, all this all this week. The move to impeach Mayorkas, right, because of the makeup of the Senate, is a political move. Have you heard of any Democrats anywhere who would be on board and, and maybe better asked, are there any Democrats willing to fight on this subject thinking that there's a problem at the border or do they see no issue at all? Well, the vast majority of them apparently see no issue at all. Um, but look, the fact that if Mallorcas were impeached by the House, the fact that the Senate might not be able to convict him because of the attitude of Democrats there is no reason for the House not to act. It's not up to them to decide what the Senate should do. If they see wrongdoing, they need to do something about it. And there's no question here that we have wrongdoing going on. And, and the costs, think of that, the costs of the American people are really high, not just in terms of economic costs, but things like Texas actually keeps track of the crimes committed by right. illegal aliens. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of convictions and lots and lots of people killed, assaulted, raped, you, you name it. I brought up the fentanyl earlier. Hans von Spakovsky, Heritage Foundation, heritage.org. I appreciate taking the time to be with us. Thanks. Here at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference presented by Relay Indiana. And the thing just keeps on rolling on as more and more people uh, start pouring in, piling in, and it was interesting to hear Representative Kat Kamek of Florida earlier discussing, speaking to activists, uh, this whole setup is activists, and hearing how that crew of activists was really split 
between Trump and DeSantis. John Bachman joins me right now uh, from Newsmax. You guys are actually a sponsor of, of CPAC. You are quite literally everywhere, young man. We try to be as many places as we can possibly be. Yes, and, and, and speaking me personally, they let anybody in here. They let Is that any, right? They let anybody in no, here. you look good. <laughs> you, you, you picked a, a, a tie that almost matches your jacket. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, you guys can, I guess this is radio, so use your imagination, right? Right. Uh, so the jacket is like a blue and dark blue kind of check quasi houndstooth thing, and the tie is a clip-on. So I, there, I just, I, that's how I described it. Yes, it's a paisley clip-on tie. All right. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> um, uh, you, you are doing a bunch of uh, man on the, uh, on the lobby kind of interviews. Like, yeah. I was a man on the street, you're walking up to people. Getting some quick uh, questions through. What was the top question for you at an event like this? You know, it's interesting. Um, we we just went out there to have, you know, we were just having some fun, kind of messing around, trying to get some color, if you will. Why are you here at CPAC? Tell us about it. The conversation, Tony, I'll be honest, it quickly turned. I talked to this woman named Margaret Rooney from Long, I from Long Island, New York. Uh, they, they, they said, we love Newsmax, and, you know, hey, tell us why you're here kind of thing. Oh, we're, we're here just, you know, and we, we're from Long Island, and I asked them about MS-13 on Long Island. And this woman broke down in tears almost instantly and started telling me she had lost two sons to fentanyl. Two sons to fentanyl. And, you know, it just strikes you because we're here at CPAC. We're trying to shoot like a fun kind of irreverent interview, and the conversation turns to that, and it just makes you realize how impacted we all are in this country right now by fentanyl and these open borders. And that, um, you know, 10 years ago was the last time I was here at National Harbor for CPAC. We weren't talking about fentanyl then. Nope. And I, oh, absolutely not. And now it's the number one drug abuse issue in this country. It's killing millions of Americans. What's interesting is that if, if you were listening to today's show, right, for, for, from start to finish, the fentanyl conversation has come up 900 times. I said earlier that the top subject on people's minds is the economy. But if I'm taking a listen to just this show, yeah. nope, fentanyl on the southern border, beat the economy hasn't come up. It is a top of mind subject, yes. but it isn't the subject here. Why do you think that is? You know, going back to the economy, because you know, that will and always will be the first and most important issue on most of the Gallup polls and things like that. But the reason why fentanyl comes up so much, Tony, is because of those stories. You know, we know somebody either in your circle of friends or in your family that has had the same issue as Margaret Rooney, lost a loved one. Unfortunately, she's lost two loved ones to this, what do you call it, a pandemic at this point? The it, Torture, horror. It's awful. It, it is, it's the scourge of the 21st century talking to John Bachman of John Bachman, I should say, of, yes, of John Bachman now. Yes. Is that what it is? That John is, Bachman that is it. now? Uh, noon to two there on Newsmax. You're listening to me on radio, uh, but you can watch him. You can, you're allowed to just, you know, have the And you can also watch on. Tony on Newsmax. Well, yes. From time just, to time. Just, just not enough. That's, and that, we'll have that conversation later. Um, I asked Representative Kat Kamek mm. of Florida about the idea of bipartisanship. And on this fentanyl issue, does it exist? Can it exist? Does it, does it exist anywhere within Congress? When you speak to people, as you're doing interviews with um, political leaders and, and, and others, is the rancor for show in a place like Congress, or is the rancor real? And if it's real, 
how do we solve these issues and who's actually working on solving them? I think the rancor is real because the rancor brings in a lot of campaign donations. So to that extent, it's very real. That's why it's real to these people because it brings in the donations. I do think that in order for there to be some sort of bipartisan consensus, there's, you know, unfortunately an issue like fentanyl has got to rise to the level where everyone knows someone who's been personally affected by it. There's no more denying this. Don't want that. No, you don't want that, but unfortunately we're there. And I think that's why there may be some hope for a bipartisan solution. But, I, you know, I'm a little bit pessimistic because you go back to some of those arguments you were hearing during that primetime hearing this week in Congress, the special committee on China. Mm -hmm. There's still a gulf between Democrats. Democrats are talking about how do we make America more competitive. They don't seem to understand that China is an existential threat. They don't seem to quite, all of them don't seem to quite get that until they get there. You fold that into the conversation with fentanyl, because that's where all these chemicals are coming from, it's, nothing's going to change. China was the number two thing being discussed today. It, it, again, not the economy. China, the southern border, fentanyl, mm. China, southern border, fentanyl. This And they're all connected. I mean, it's all basically the same issue. If it, and, and I don't disagree with that. As, as a newsman, do you feel that if this is the focus, we're missing something else that we should be? Like, is there a subject you think that should be added to the list of, of, of these things that were that is a serious issue we're not paying attention to? Or are you like, oh, no, no, this is enough. We're not even paying enough attention to these issues. You know, I, I think this, to me, because I'm a parent, the secondary issue is schooling. And what's going on in America's schools right now, you see this upwelling uh, of parental kind of awakening of what's going on, but you wonder how deeply embedded some of these uh, CRT type of things are into the curriculum. Uh, that's the other big issue here, I think, schooling too, that doesn't get enough attention. It's not a sexy issue, right. um, but now that parents are activated, it's gonna become a bigger issue. John Bachman is his name. John Bachman now from noon to two. Uh, we had Sean Spicer on earlier. He said, nobody watches John Bachman now. I said, you go to hell, Sean Spicer. That's what I said. You know what? So I had know. Sean Spicer on my show, but I asked for Lindsey Keith, and somehow I got Sean. Oh, it's like just, consolation prize. The struggle is real. Yeah, That's is. what I've learned. John Bachman, <laughs> good to see you. More coming up from CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference presented by Relay Indiana. Appreciate them. And it's not happen. a clip on tie, by the way. Uh, I tied a, it myself. You did. You did. You did. And it looks like it. <sighs> the jokes write themselves. I'm Tony Katz. The Dow is up over 200. The NASDAQ is up almost 40. And a House ethics panel opening the investigation into Representative George Santos. I am here to tell you, to tell you, that the odds of George Santos being thrown out of Congress are 94%. The odds are that high. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything, tonycats.locals.com here at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference because of the people at Relay Indiana and, uh, and really appreciate them. George Santos is the Republican congressman from New York, Long Island area, and he lied about everything. He lied about it. I think he may have lied about his name. He lied about his religion. He lied about his upbringing. He lied about his money. Um, and then he lied about that. 
He has lied about everything. And the people of his district are like, we don't want this liar representing us. What is most criminally insane, it doesn't get talked about enough. What is most criminally insane about this subject, about the story, he ran two years prior. Didn't win. Nobody ran his history. Nobody did a check on this dude. He then runs two years later. He wins. And then it's like, oh, by the way, this guy is a complete and total human fraud. He is a walking fraud. I am not here to say that there aren't other members of Congress who are liars. Richard Blumenthal, senator from Connecticut, lied about his Vietnam service. Lied. Elizabeth Warren of Massachusetts lied about being Native American. Lied. These are lies. Bernie Sanders says that he's a socialist. Total lie. He's selling tickets to events on Ticketmaster. My God, even I'm not that craven of a capitalist. What the hell? Wait, to, by the way, we are working overtime. I am having real sponsorship conversations about it's okay to be angry about Bernie Sanders because Bernie wrote a book, it's okay to be angry about capitalism. So I'm starting the, the, the tour, it's okay to be angry about Bernie Sanders. Now, I was told that it should be it's okay to be angry about socialism. But I think, you see, I think that one's kind of taken. So I think we want to be specific and we do the whole thing about Bernie to show what an unbelievable fraud he's engaged in here in his conversation about capitalism when who's done better name me another place in america where you can be married to a woman who bankrupts a college and you still make a million dollars a year he's never held a job a day in his life angry about capitalism you mean like if you're only talking like the rest of us you're saying you're paying too much in taxes which isn't so much capitalism conversation but neither here nor there so, oh yeah, we're doing it. It's okay to be angry about Bernie Sanders. Although, although uh, we could do it's okay to be angry about socialism. But uh, now we're talking about just starting it in Indiana and then making, a, uh, uh, making it a tour. Wait, I would do it's okay to be angry about communism. But I think it's got to be about Bernie Sanders. You call it Bernie Sanders and then you take it in the direction you want. But Bernie Sanders is the key to make people saying, ooh, that's very direct. He, uh, he took on capitalism. That's very direct. All I'm doing is, is, is responding. I just think that's the better, oh, what's the word? That's the better parody, right? That's the better parody. I, I, I could be convinced. You could tell me that I'm wrong. I'm all ears. All ears for it. All I know is it's going down. It's going down. I'm yelling timber. That's how good. That's how good it's going to be. George Santos will not survive this that has to be remembered he can't there's just no way for that to happen because the republicans can't have it they can't have it it's too much and you say to me yeah but democrats you're not gonna have me disagree with you but the republicans are sickened Guy wants to raise money to help his sick dog. Santos steals the money. You're going to keep the guy who steals from sick dogs? You want to win more than I do, maybe. This is Tony Katz today. I stay for a long time, guys. I like me better when
Tony Katz, Tony Katz today here at CPAC, Conservative Political Action and Conference. And uh, we'll be here tomorrow as well, more interviews. So a little bit later today, we're supposed to speak to Congressman Byron Donalds of Florida. Now, you remember the name because he was one of the people who started getting nominated for Speaker of the House in uh, I, some of the votes. Remember, it took 15 votes to get Kevin McCarthy the Speaker's position. So I'm looking forward to that uh, conversation. It's very clear that Byron Donalds is, is a player and has a really, really unique level of opportunity going forward. So I'm looking forward to that conversation. Scheduled to be with us tomorrow, uh, Chad Wolf, the, acting, uh, the former acting director of uh, Homeland Security under President Trump. Uh, so he'll be here. And Riley Gaines. Riley Gaines is the swimmer. She is the one who went up against Leah Thomas, who is, of course, a man uh, and has been extremely, extremely vocal in this conversation about women and sports and, and well, just basic concepts of respect, which are very, very lost. So they are scheduled to be with us tomorrow, so I'm glad... We, we have those coming. I look forward to bringing that to you. Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana was on the main stage at CPAC, and he was doing perfectly Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana things. Now listen to me carefully on this. The truth is, truth is not hate anyone. I do not hate anyone. I look for grace wherever I can find it. So I say this gently. The Biden administration sucks. <laughs> you measure it any way you want. COVID, the economy, inflation, the national debt, the border, crime, cancel culture treating parents like domestic terrorists. Afghanistan, our energy independence, now lost. My God. President Biden has been spectacularly awful. Now, this is the audience where you give that speech, right? To say, I'm trying to find grace, but the Biden administration sucks, is as perfectly Senator Kennedy as anything that has ever existed. But it, it, even here, even amongst these people, the activist faithful, um, that is a very, very direct thing to say. Because the Democrat looks at it very differently. And the Democrat is allowed some backup on the conversation when it comes to legislation that has been passed that one could argue were Biden promises. Just like you take a look at justices, I'm sorry, judges. People forget how well Donald Trump did with judges and appointing judges. It was incredible. Joe Biden is outpacing and it is happening in the silence which should lead one to ask a question, what exactly does Mitch McConnell do? 
Now, I have said for a great number of years, I am not on the hate Mitch train. I am not anti-turtle. You take a man who said no to Merrick Garland and no to a hearing. We're not doing it. I don't care that you nominate him. We're not, we are absolutely positively not doing it at all or in any way. That guy continues to get my respect. But there comes a moment where one must say, you know what? It only runs so long. It only runs so far. And I think that's where we're at with Mitch McConnell. I don't want it. I don't want to be angry with the dude. And we should also be clear that he does engage control of the party with a pretty big iron fist. It's what he does. It's who he is. He does engage it that way with a tremendous amount of my way or the highway. However, and, and, and I'm not saying it's been bad all the way around. Take that and now add that to showing up with Joe Biden and talking about infrastructure packages in Kentucky. You're not embarrassed by that? You should be embarrassed by that. That was an unnecessary, unforced error giving Joe Biden a ridiculous win. Ridiculous. The infrastructure packages going on across the country have been the reason for the inflation across the country. And the inflation across the country has done more damage than these projects have created, than have created good. Damage done greater than the good created. How could it not be? You put money to projects, but never answered the following question. Is this the project that needed to be done? Or is this the project that got the money? Indianapolis, Indiana, they put in the ridiculous, fakakta, nonsense, crazy red line. This electric bus nonsense. We know this because they did it in Albuquerque, New Mexico. The buses are electric buses from a group called BYD, Build Your Dreams. That's out of China. And in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where they ruined traffic patterns, ruined streets, the buses could not operate to a full charge because it got, and wait for it, too cold. Now, don't get me wrong, Albuquerque's a desert and deserts get cold, that's all very true. Indianapolis gets colder than Albuquerque. And Albuquerque said, this is a lemon. Not just Albuquerque said it, the mayor of Albuquerque, because in the, one of the most unbelievable twists, the mayor who moved forward on their electric buses was a Republican, and the mayor who said, this is a lemon and nonsense, a Democrat. It was a lemon. It was a failed idea. Ruining traffic patterns, eliminating an easy ability to engage the downtown corridors. And it was all about, look how important and special we are, look how woke we are, look how green we are. Businesses closed down. 
because of this electric bus line that so didn't work with electric buses they put in these charging pads which admittedly were super cool the bus would like like be parked over the pad and therefore it would charge the battery but that didn't work so now the buses are diesel and it was president trump who signed the legislation that gave indianapolis more money for these electric bus lines a blue line and a purple line i'm surprised there isn't yet a rainbow line i'm really surprised there isn't yet one the spending of the money did not and will not and will never provide a valuable result it is a waste Oh, sure, some bus company is going to make a lot of money. Probably a Chinese bus company. Oh, sure, somebody in the concrete business is going to make a lot of money. I mean, they won't have a vowel at the end of their name because then it would be a crime. But someone's going to make a lot of money. And sure, a lot of people who are involved in these things and this construction are going to make some sweet, sweet cash. What you're going to be left with is what's known as a boondoggle. Somebody else made money. You've got an eyesore. You've got something that doesn't work. You've got a bus system that nobody wants. And in five years' time, you'll be told, you know what? We need a better system and spending more money. So when you celebrate an infrastructure package, as Mitch McConnell did, I'm so glad you're getting a new bridge. And I won't even argue against the idea that in some cases a new bridge was required. But in every case, in every single case, a new bridge was required? That's not true. That's not factual. That's not honest. That's a lie. Mitch McConnell never should have showed up. And Mitch McConnell should be asked out loud, what are you doing about all these judges that Joe Biden is getting confirmed? I mean, we've seen already the radicalness of Ketanji Brown-Jackson, even though she did author an opinion that was like 97% majority opinion. There were only like two parts of the opinion. There were like three different members of the court who were like, yeah, I'm not with you on this. So it was interesting. It was interesting how that came about. I, I, should, I should get into that case next week. Remind me to do that. But just judges out there who are going to rule, well, yeah, a 14-year-old girl can decide they're a boy and remove their breasts and get their own medical care. And parents can't do anything about it. Is this the kind of judge we now have? Well, when you have a president who wants to make the claim that we should be engaged in the most violent statement ever, gender-affirming care, when we're talking about children, one should be concerned. You do not... You do not, Mitch McConnell, give Joe Biden a win for really any reason. You're going to sit there and smile while he talks about a bridge. Are you sitting there smiling while he's getting people onto these benches? And by the way, too many benches. You want to really see me, something in Congress that would make me smile? Start removing some of these courts. Why? Courts exist at the pleasure of Congress court creates them the only co the only court cre i'm sorry congress creates courts the only court created by the constitution is the supreme court so that can remain everything else eh, meh
I don't duck every all of them, but I don't know, 12% across the board, just a, just a nice, cut, nice cut, and then those judges can learn to code. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. Super easy. I don't know if anybody's going to bring this up to Mitch McConnell, but I know they should. I'm Tony Katz. I just had the greatest conversation I could tell you nothing about. I literally just had the best off-the-record conversation of my life, and I can't share it with you. But if you find me next week and you buy me a bourbon, I might tell you everything. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Kylan, I kid you not, I kid you not, just, uh, it was so close to being such a joyful moment. And then it took such a turn <laughs> into a place of, I, th I, I think, I think it has to do with witness protection. I'm not sure. Like, it was, that was the craziest two minutes I may have ever experienced at an event. That was spectacular. Spectacular. Guys, good to be with you. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Find everything. Tony Katz dot locals. Dot com. Um, Fox News has a story about homelessness. About the mayor of a town called Coronado. And the mayor of the town stating that, you know, um, Coronado, not Coronado, homelessness is an issue that is serious. Uh, it is an issue that is tolerated by people on the political left in many places and we simply can't have this it is a toleration of destructive behavior as he describes it now i I'm, i must admit i'm not an expert of coronado and i i'm trying to think of where it is i'm like wait are we talking about san diego and we are san diego county i will admit to you that there are areas within california that the traditional rules don't apply because they have two things or three things in their favor and two of the three things that they have in their favor are a tremendous amount of money and an incredible amount of money they also have a willingness to keep the beautiful place that they moved to because of their tremendous amount of money beautiful which is the thing that has always struck me as so peculiar. If you live in a neighborhood that isn't great, don't you want it to be great? And don't the other people in the neighborhood want it to be great? And sometimes you see that, no, they don't actually care about what is happening in that neighborhood and they don't care about themselves. And it's awful because it creates this, this really ugly self-fulfilling prophecy, which is part of broken window theory. The idea that blight breeds blight. If you've got a, an area that people have broken windows, people will assume that it's an area of broken windows, so therefore it becomes acceptable to have broken windows, you have more broken windows. That's different than broken window fallacy, which has to do with uh, Frederick Bastiat and economics. So he's the mayor of Coronado, and they've solved their homeless problem by changing policy. Now, you can argue that it's the money. But nothing happens without will. 
the desire to do it, and that comes with a start, and that start is this isn't tenable. We have a problem that is simply unworkable. We cannot continue to work like this. We cannot continue to live like this. We need to change this. We need to change now. Well, that's how things happen. But when the answer is, well, we need more money. Well, we can't do this. Well, the rights of this one. Well, the people have the right to live in a place that isn't frightening, that isn't dangerous, that doesn't have human feces on the ground. People have a responsibility or should have a responsibility and should be imbued with the responsibility to take a good care of where they live and want others to do the same. I'm not talking about radical HOAs. I'm talking about radical decency. So take a page uh, and learn what Coronado's done and see if it can work for you. We've got day two of CPAC coming tomorrow. Really looking forward to it. My thanks to Relay Indiana for helping us make this happen. RelayIndiana.com. Fantastic people over there. Ginny and the gang, thank you so much. I'll catch you guys tomorrow, everyone. Take care.